dropping a, another <laughs> podcast. <coughs> <coughs> Is that, am I supposed to cough into the microphone? <laughs> Good evening and welcome to another Off The Lip Radio Show, show number 347. Wow. What? Point two. Point two. <laughs> no longer broadcasting from our local radio station, K... What is it? Uh, yeah, K. Neal. We are broadcasting from the K. Boardroom here in beautiful, sunny, rainy Santa Cruz, California. It was sunny this morning. It was freezing. I froze my ass off bit. surfing today. Freezing. And because of Kawasaki. our KSCO, we brought along tonight. Oh, yeah. Super producer. Mm. Jack Stein's in Jack the house. Jack Stein's in the house. Thank Super you, producer. Hi, Jack. Also, uh, the uh, former KSCO uh, host. The popular show, I think. 12 to 2, 12 to 2 show. Very popular, except with Zach Friend. Um, <laughs> Zach, if you're listening. Zach. It was a, great, it was a great run, except your Zach, show. Zach hated him. <laughs> and uh, Ethan hated him back. So uh, our special guest tonight uh, is running for first district supervisor here in Santa Cruz, who at the current position is held by uh, Supervisor John Leopold, who's been on my sh- who's been on my show several times, very slick, very smooth, smooth, smooth. People mm-hmm. call in with tough questions. He's Ethan doesn't think he's smooth. No, he got flustered when. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you I can't be him. talking yet. You're okay, not talking. Is this yet. mic on? No. No, is this mic on? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Manu Koenig's our special guest tonight. Welcome, Manu. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, very, very welcome. And. Um, also in the studio tonight is a former KSCO host, former KGO host, and now currently a superstar on uh, Big Network. Yeah, starts with F and, yeah. <laughs> and ends in X. <laughs> Fox oh. News specialist. Yes. Mr. Ethan, a former Santa Cruz resident, also a former surfer. Yes. He did it once, and then he... Uh, Remember? Wet cat. <laughs> huh? The wet cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the wet cat went surfing. <laughs> he went, yeah. You had longer curly hair did, back then. Yeah. You had I that did. kind of, mm-hmm. had that kind of, when you got out of the water. Well, I was living in Santa Cruz. Yeah, you yeah, had that I kind know. of look. Wow. Sexy surfer look you yeah. had going on. Yeah, yeah you had yeah. that kind of look. Yeah. You got out of the water. Mm-hmm. Just, right? Shake the, yeah, when the girls would drive by, you'd yeah, shake the curls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> California. Mr. Ethan Behrman is in the house Ethan tonight. Ethan Behrman, welcome. Thank you for Ethan having Behrman's me. in the house. So my, my two of my favorite hosts on earth. Thank you, Terry Campion. Thank you very, yeah. Thank you, thank you very, very much. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give and you that, ma- that payment. After so the we're show. here tonight sp- specifically because he was here. He, it's his, it's his time. So we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the things that Manu wants to talk about. I had him written down on my laptop, TC, but my laptop is now beside my bed because oh I forgot. Oh, you forgot it. it? Yeah, I forgot my laptop. So we're going to try to remember all of our. Uh, we're going to try to remember all sponsors. the avata- all the Got sponsors. It. If awesome. you can help me with that, yeah. And we're going to try to remember what Manu wanted to talk about. Well, there's uh, some very important. uh, This is a heated election. I mean, it's a heated political environment, and people are paying attention, right? I mean, I think this is probably one of the hardest, hardest races you're gonna probably maybe ever have. Right. But first, I want to talk. Can you tell us a little about your background, Manu? What you know, why you're and how you end up sitting in this chair, and why the heck are you doing what you're doing? For sure. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Santa Cruz, you know. So uh, my hometown, um, and I want to I want to make sure it stays a great place to live. You know, it seems like the community is eroding on on all sides today, right? It's like I was canvassing, uh, knocking doors just the other day and talking to a firefighter who 
uh, thinking of moving to out of town because his house was just burglarized. You know, I'm uh, making calls, asking for donations, and some guy's like, yeah, I just told my kids that we're going to have to move out of Santa Cruz if they want to make it, uh, go somewhere else. And, um, you know, one of the, actually, like one of my top young campaign aides, his mom just moved to Nevada uh, after living here for 20 years because she can't afford to live here anymore either. Right. So, you know, what we're the fifth most expensive city in all of America. Uh, so we're facing some real problems. But and you isn't, know, it isn't the toothpaste out of the, j- isn't the toothpaste out of the uh, tube on th- on this whole thing like that? I mean, is uh, wha- w- in what way? Like my s- my s- my son's right. 28 years old. Yeah. Thankfully, he bought a little place, was able to stay here. Mm-hmm. But I think anybody has a kid. My kids moved away. Yeah, m- a teenager yeah. or a 20 year old mm-hmm. that they can't afford to live here. You know, right. they just can't afford it. So you f- you know, I'm I was afraid my kid was going to move away, which would be heartbreaking for me. TC, your kids moved away. Yeah, but they live in beautiful places. Right. But they're definitely more affordable. But is it? But is this really a Santa Cruz problem, or isn't this a California problem? We're short yeah. three, three and a half million units of housing statewide. Right. So aren't we just a microcosm of a statewide problem? Problem. Well, yeah. I think yeah. Santa Cruz is where. While we're jumping in this, we have a real problem, <laughs> and it's called Airbnb, because every mm-hmm. entry level bed, studio, apartment, garage, is now vacation rentals, whether it's legal or illegal. And that's the housing that was affordable, right? You know, and that's that's a uh, and I don't know how you police that, Manu. Yeah. yeah. What's well is there a solution to that? Please oh. let him speak. Yeah, I mean there there are a number of factors. I mean it's it's not just the Airbnb. I mean and you know I don't, I don't think that the county's doing enough to just actually get on Airbnb and see that the listings that are up there actually have permits with the county and that everyone's in compliance. I mean, no, they don't. you know, they should be doing a more more aggressive enforcement of that. Uh, but it's not just Airbnb, right? I mean, we're right next to Silicon Valley, right? It's like one of the biggest gold mines in the world. So what we d- we're dealing with is 90% of new home sales in the county are from folks coming from over the hill. Oh, the Googlers took over. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sure. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. And the Facebookers and the Applers yeah. and all those people. Right. And, and you um, know, half of them want to actually live here, right? And they're well moving the weekends. here. Yeah. And, well, ha- and half yeah. of those home sales are second homes. So right. 45% of all home sales here are second homes. That's a, And then, yeah. a, again, we also have the city on the hill, which does not Correct. stay on the hill. Yeah. You know, it would be great if the city stayed on the hill, but the city has taken over the city, too. So and then, I mean, good luck, bud. Thanks. There are solutions. Hey, the good news. I'm going to answer what you said. That You talk about statewide problem. The problems are so vast right here where we live. Yeah. Fuck everywhere else. Me, right. But, 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 but like my point, Neil, is that I don't care what's happening where you live in LA. I don't. I don't get, I, the problems are so vast right here. Right. They're so great that I'm not. Can't be worried about what's happening where you live. So, but Santa Cruz I, I, is a magnified version of the problems that most of California is facing. So, because of policies that have been enacted over 40, 50 years yeah. here, it's exacerbated here worse than other places. But it's no different. So Santa Cruz alone can't solve some of these problems without the state addressing it on a wider basis. Because if we solve housing in Santa Cruz, but San Francisco, Santa Clara, um, Monterey, Los Angeles don't solve housing as well, if you suddenly make housing cheap enough here, Mm. It just immediately gets flooded with out-of-town people. That's why it really is a statewide issue. In conjunction, the county supervisors have a lot of power to communicate back up to the state and express what is going on and coordinate. And there used to be a program before the the big crash of 2008 
There used to be a community development fund mm -hmm. that actually helped with a lot of these issues, and Governor Brown cut it during the budget crisis. Right, so, Manu, yeah. tell us your thoughts on that. Uh, well, specifically on, on how we're going to solve the housing crisis. But how about the redevelopment fund? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts of going to the state and saying, hey, can we get, now that we've got all these budget surpluses, mm -hmm. um, theoretically, even though we have long-term liability issues, <laughs> what about w getting some of these funds back to help us with our housing yeah, development? Yeah, getting more funds from the state would be great, but I think that there's actually some more essential issues that are really preventing the construction of housing here in our county and throughout the state. And uh, you know, just to give you an, an example, I think one of the biggest ones is parking requirements. You know, we're still dealing with parking requirements from the 1950s. You know, great cities like Paris wasn't built with parking requirements, right? And today in Santa Cruz, we still require two parking spaces for a one-bedroom apartment, right? And a, par that a parking space is about 320 square feet. So you're talking about 640 square feet, which for what might be 640 square feet of living space. Right. And so the result is, uh, because then you add on that a 35-foot height limit, you've got projects going up like the one on 17th and Bromer or the one proposed for uh, across from Suda here, where about two-thirds of the land area is going to parking, and just a third of it is a building that's two stories high. So, you know, we can't dig our way out of the housing crisis with a spoon, right? Right. And well, and it, it, but it comes along with that would be uh, public transportation right. is an important yeah. uh, in way to supplement parking spots. The Capitola Mall, mm -hmm. um, they're going to do the redevelopment, and I believe it's like 1,300 parking spots they need just for the housing there. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with that right. goes to what, the, the, what you're saying is needed. And I think what we need on 41st Avenue is not 1,300 more cars. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So right. it's, it's a tough. And then the right. problem we have in Santa Cruz and California and, and now – across the country is the dirt cost too much right right but but you you brought up the solution which is you allow f you enable more housing construction and then you have it fund the public transit or the protected bike lanes so rather than requiring two parking spaces you create some kind of a transit district or a permit that funds better transportation is that what they're trying transit. to do at the capitol mall because kaiser is mm. going to build a new hospital facility on the frontage road yeah. And I've heard, and you probably know because this is your gig, that they're going to try to get the, the Kaiser and the new mall uh, remodel to help with the infrastructure with transportation in the area. You know, definitely that's part of the thinking around the Capitola Mall is that it's the, the, public, the, the transit hub for the county. Um, and so obviously development around the transit hub is a good thing. I don't think that we've, there hasn't been a whole lot of discussion about the funding mechanisms to actually get the bus funded better in the county and running every 10 minutes or less, which is what's needed. Well, and my, my specific part of that question was the road infrastructure, mm -hmm. not as much the public transportation, but I who's going to put the uh, exit road on 41st is going to be needed and the extra lane that's going to be needed um, because with I can't imagine it being – Mm -hmm. that project going through without that happening. Well, that's one of the things you want to talk about as far as you, you sent to me the list about the traffic in this town. I mean, and, and, yeah. and, 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 and did you drive around today? Every single road you drive around in Santa Cruz right now, not full, it's full, but it's mm. dug up. They are working on every single road. You can't drive, you can't make a drive from Santa Cruz to Capitola without being some kind of road work, some kind of tractor, some kind of They've PDA. been working on 17 for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Water Street, yeah, it's been dug up for months. 
Yeah. And I don't think they got this, the money needs. They, they got some, the, the government got money to spend on the roads. And now they're just using it to dig them all up. But it's it's mm -hmm. bad. Right. So as supervisor yep. mm. yeah. in the county of Santa Cruz, what kind of communication would you have with, let's say, the public works departments, the, the you know, planning? I remember talking to one of the guys planning the Highway 1 construction and why they ended the third lane where they did. Mm -hmm. Didn't make any sense. Um, what, where, how do you see that communication happening when you become supervisor? Well, you know, those are exactly the departments that I'd be supervising, right? I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. The org chart for the county goes the electorate, the supervisors, the uh, uh, chief administrative officer, and then all the other departments. Um, so what most people don't realize is supervisors are really the only full-time paid legislative position in the county as well. So it's really important that we have someone in this role, uh, and this is what I would do, is setting the policy proactively. You know, because the bureaucracy will serve up, to, you know, to-dos, things to vote on all day long. You know, each agenda is like over 100 items to vote on. Uh, so you really have to go in there with a mission and say, you know, here's the policy issues we're going to address, uh, and this is what I want to vote on at the next meeting. So how do, you, how do you prioritize these issues to make sure that you're getting them addressed mm -hmm. um, after you're elected to make sure that they happen? What, what, in order, what do you see as your top three priorities that you would, you would begin with? Yeah, okay, three priorities uh, for transportation. Uh, we've, we've got to build the trail and bank the rail uh, when it comes to the rail corridor. So that means, um, you know, right now we, um, well, let me, let me just list them. Build the trail, bank the rail, and also along with that, build a lot more protected bike lanes in the county. When uh, you say bank the rail. Yeah, that, that means that we are preserving the, uh, the right of way and the right to uh, use rail in the corridor, but we're either removing or covering up the tracks. And so that's the process that Monterey went through when they built the Coastal Rec Trail down there. You know, a lot of us have ridden on that, but don't realize that's the old Del Monte line. Right, and the, are the tracks underneath that? I believe they removed them, mm -hmm. you know, because it's, it's steel. It's worth good money for a scrap. Um, and, you know, the other thing, people are like, well, don't remove, you know. Y it's, uh, if you want to build passenger rail, even, you'd have to put in a different gauge. Well, would there be electric trains or something smaller anyways? I mean, those tracks are made for freight and... Uh, yeah. We need a bus on there. People going to get on them. People going to get on them. I mean, people aren't going to get on them. We want, yeah, we want the most flexible use possible, right? right? I mean, technology is evolving, as you say. Uh, you know, a bus would be a lot more flexible use in a train. It can I, get off the train. Honestly, I think by on. the time we would get it approved, we'd be flying around in drones, anyways. Right. You exactly. know, so I mean, like, right. w w let's not worry about the right. train anymore. You know, like, let's. Right. Yeah. That's right. So we want to use that space. Let's just. You know, put an asphalt surface in that space and use it for e-bikes and, you know, skateboards and just, like, bring whatever you got today and let's start using it. And, and that would be a county project? Well, it's, it's technically the Regional Transportation Commission, which is uh, really a state agency with local oversight. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm right. probably getting too no, technical no, here that's for I, I'm here. But, this uh, interests me. But all the county supervisors uh, are the ones with the guaranteed seat on the Regional Transportation Commission. Everyone else is rotating, you know, from city councils. I believe that pays an extra per diem as well, right? The RTC? Mm -hmm. I, hmm. I don't know about that. I believe when you look at some certain politician, when you look at some politicians in the Monterey Bay area, 
they make a very nice living joining every single board to collect per diems, and uh, it can be very lucrative. A lot of lunches. Mm -hmm. Do you want to name some of them? Oh, no, no names. No names. <laughs> so my question is, because yeah. I have a home on the train tracks, Okay. is when we build the trail, we talked about this a little bit before, but I didn't say this, mm. who is in charge of the riffraff that's going to put a tent on the trail? So that would really be the county, too. And they do a great job of that. Uh, we got you some know, work. Obviously, we got some not. Work to do. I mean, we got I'm some being work sarcastic. To do. Well, you know, most people don't realize that the county is the primary uh, agency jurisdiction uh, responsible for homelessness. You know, cities deal you typically. This, you know, cities deal with public works, sewer, water, fire, uh, but the counties look after health and human services. Hmm. And so, the county actually has a three hundred and forty million dollar budget for the health services agency which is where most of the money uh, for homelessness flows through. Look at the city of Santa Cruz. They only have $17 million that they spend on homelessness per year. And most of that's for the police. So mm -hmm. you want to fix homelessness, it really comes down to this position, county supervisor. TC, we've had shows with everybody on the shows, you know, and I, yeah. th it's, it's the homeless situation yeah. and the word solution. Yes, the only thing, yeah, the, the solution is, I got it. I just thought about it. I got the solution. You ready, Mr. Beerman? Ready. It's going to be an act of God. Okay? <laughs> it's going to need snow here for a fucking year. Excuse me, French. A year. Then all go. Oh. They'll be down to Phoenix signing themselves in the back down there. I mean, this rainstorm right here needs to happen for a year. Because I don't think, and God bless him, he's jumping in the ring, you know, the solution. There well, is your your well solution there sounds mean. There are solutions. <laughs> Wait, are, are you being a troll buster dating back to the 1980s now? Is that what you are? So here's the deal. You you can you can move homeless people from one place to another, but that doesn't solve no. homelessness. So it's way way complicated. I want to go to something that has been stuck in my craw. So you talk about 340 million dollars to the county. <clears throat> health department so is there going to be accountability on the money spent so no let me be very clear on this there has been a refusal from the county health department to provide clarity and accountability on how money is spent accountability when it comes to things like the needle exchange program we were promised we were promised we were promised and we were lied to lied i'm using the word lied and i'm looking at very specific people at the top of the county health department who lied to my face on the air and i still have the recording where we can find out what is happening with the needles to weigh return needles is an absolutely horrifically imprecise and not even valid way to determine that we're exchanging mm -hmm. there are bodily fluids involved in those so where is the money going how are we really going to have an exchange? When are they ever going to be accountable to the neighborhood that they, without public input, moved the needle exchange that used to be downtown mm -hmm. out into a neighborhood that yeah. disrupted the life for hundreds of people in our town, and nobody has ever, ever answered those questions with any validity, and they theoretically, based on the, I haven't read the law yet, but based on a cursory review, haven't even fulfilled the law in terms of their response to the public that they're supposed to provide on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. So what can you do to provide some accountability from the county health department? Well, first let me point out that the single biggest point of accountability is the election itself. 
right? So if you're not happy with the way the needle exchange is being run today, get out and vote, right? I mean, that's that's the step number one. Um, yeah, as far as providing accountability for uh, the needle exchange, I mean, you know, the needle exchange is really, uh, it's it's a touch point, right? It's a service mm -hmm. point, and it we need to make sure that the other aspects of the exchange, right, like testing for HIV and Hep C, you know, uh, connecting folks with the continuum of care and with social services or temporary housing, those points need to be happening. And so we need to make sure that uh, we actually have some record of those tests being administered and that we actually have good data about, uh, you know, the, uh, the rates of infectious diseases going up and down in the county. Um, and I think that's where the accountability comes from is, is those metrics. One of the other issues. Oh, this is getting good. Um, and he's going to get one of the issues, then we're going to go to commercial break, which we'll you're going to help break. you remember. Okay. Yeah. One of the other issues was there was a claim that's been repeated endlessly. And there's a, a, a needle solutions group with, mm -hmm. yeah. you're familiar. Yeah, the Harm Reduction Coalition. And, and there, there are a couple of them. But they've kept, there's one group in particular, I believe, related to Take Back Santa Cruz that has kept track of oh, the needle, oh. needles found around town. Mm -hmm. And there's an endless excuse back from the county health department saying, those aren't our needles, we don't know where they come from. Mm -hmm. I actually did the homework several years ago and actually contacted the barrel manufacturers for needles. And they said it wasn't a problem, especially when you're buying 100,000, 250,000 at a time. They can do a mark. On the barrel so we can identify are these coming from pharmacies are these coming mm -hmm. from out of town mm -hmm. where are they coming from the county health department maybe a penny yeah. is the additional cost uh, i'm all for that okay marking the needles yeah, that so come we can from know the needle what's exchange. going on 100 percent. Right. Okay. yeah and heck let's mark it with a different color for uh the volunteer groups that are hanging handing them out uh on their own terms thank you Manu, give us uh, your contact information. Pe people listening tonight can uh, check out yep, your website. Yep, go to manukoenig.com, M-A-N-U-K-O-E-N-I-G.com. Okay. Facebook, Instagram? Yep, uh, manu for supervisor on Facebook and yep. Instagram. And Ethan Behrman? EthanBearman.com at EthanBearman. And congratulations yeah. to Ponson the Bar. Super lawyer. Super Ooh. lawyer. Ethan Behrman, everybody. Right. Congratulations there. Yeah. You. Are you looking uh, for clients? I will be starting next week. He okay. Have, he might have one or two coming. He might need himself. He might need himself after tonight. Uh, I want to thank uh, the captain. He's in the house tonight. John comes, Rivera. Comes, he's, uh, I think he's been to every show. Well, you know, it, he lives nearby. You can yeah. actually see his house from here just about. So, yeah. yeah. He brings beer. So he, yeah. yeah, he brings, brings the yeah. beer. I want to yeah. thank uh, for, 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 excuse me, John Rivera from Cobo Banker. Yeah. And uh, John's, uh, shout out to your website. Do you even know your website? <laughs> Santa Cruz Seaside Properties dot com. Got some good the listings captain, right now, John. Mr. John Rivera. Yeah, I he's see doing you all good. over the place. Yeah. He's doing good. Mm -hmm. uh, also brought to you by Santa Cruz Mountain Brewery. You like that place? We went in there the other day. It was good, huh? Love the amber in there. I, I love. I, for a long time, amber. I thought that was the bartender's name. I didn't Who know. amber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you always said you love amber. I was like, <laughs> she must yeah. be nice. She must be hot. <laughs> uh, oh, trust me, amber. Amber's hot. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Sean Rovi from Farmers Insurance. Haven't seen Sean for a while. Well, that's stormy. Is that why? I've been stormy. I haven't surfed at Man Race. I looked at Man Race the other day. It sucked, so I left. Does, is he? A, you do your insurance through Sean? Sh Sean Rovi's my he, agent. Uh, yeah. Easy to work with? Good guy? No, pain in the ass. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was nice knowing you, Sean. <laughs> yeah. 462-3222. <laughs> 
If you want things to run smoothly with the insurance company, don't see Sean. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. He's a beauty. Love him to death. Who else sponsors our show? Uh, um, oh, 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 hold it. Hang on a minute. Yeah. He did. He did. <laughs> Ethan did. the. Roll the uh, oh, you, you rolled the fatties commercial. Of, right? He yeah, was the voice the of Chill Out Cafe where they... Roll the fatties. They, yes. They roll the fatties. <laughs> People, that, they know that more than the name of the place. Right. <laughs> and, uh, it's great food, though. Mm-hmm. His wife, it. Liz Pickard, runs Beach Nest Vacation Melons. So if you're looking for a house, yep. want to come down here, choose a little surfing, want to rent a house, check out beachnestvacationmelons.com. Sorry I was talking crap about vacation rentals. Yeah, you were. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just yeah. Airbnb. Just Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> Liz, she's listening to K-Squid right now. Okay. Uh, once again, our guest tonight is, you listen to the Off That Radio Show, and our guest tonight is the uh, one and only Mr. Manu Koenig, who is vying for county supervisor. Basically, he's trying to boot John Leopold off the, uh, off the, off the podium. I, yep. Yeah, I'm you're working hard. Huh? Working as hard as I can. I and think, I think uh, Mr. Ber- Mr. Berman supports the, uh, the booting of Mr. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Leopold. Well, did In we fact, get all of our sponsors? No, well, not yet. We've we got more. I've got, I got, I got to think of the other ones. Okay. But I'm thinking, what do you think, Manu, about a debate? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, Have I'm you and Leopold in here for debate? I, I'm game. Hey, uh, he's in. The, the more debates, the better. You <laughs> moderator. That would be awesome. <laughs> Ethan, you'd moderate it. I'll come back up to moderate. You would. Perfect. Wow, let's organize that. That would be an awesome, right? Awesome. That night. would be pretty cool, huh? Yeah, We'd be I'll live on Santa Cruz I'll waves. Right. I think that'd be fantastic. So you have no problem with that. Oh, You're no, ready. I'm in. Okay. Name the date. Name yeah. The time. And how many hours a week are you putting into your campaign right now? Uh, 85. 85 a week? Yeah. And do you work? Uh, I took a leave of absence at the be- beginning of October because it was like I was just keeping my seat warm, you know, at my day job. It was like, you know, you got to have the morning coffee, then you got to have the lunch meeting, then you got to have the afternoon, Whoa. evening meeting. And so it just wasn't fair to... Self-financed to rich guy over here, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm spending my law school money. You know? Oh. <laughs> I know, right? Because right. so this can't be cheap, though, in all seriousness, oh, Monty. Sure. Yeah. I mean, did you save up to do this campaign? I know you're raising money, but yeah. you can't just depend on that, right? Did you? S- yeah, I mean, all, all the money I'm spending in the campaign so far has been funds I've raised. Um, and then as far as my personal expenses, it's, uh, it's as I said, it's uh, my, my savings for graduate school. And your um, time. And I figure, you know, it's like uh, life's in education. Hmm. Um, and... Uh, this is, this is a valuable investment both in my community and uh, the relationships I'm making. So, are your mom and dad alive? They are. And are they are they uh, are they voting for you? Uh, they actually live in Coralitos. They can't so vote. They can't. But my grandparents live on 25th Avenue. They're voting for me. And can your parents donate to the? They can. Yeah. yeah okay. So it's a $500 per person limit. That's the uh, local county. Unless board. you're Donald so, Trump. Right. Uh, <laughs> Well, you the, you know, PACs could get involved. I'm, uh, he is yeah. not allowed to coordinate. I'm not coordinating. Mm. Um, but I will say that he is right. The PACs are allowed to operate even in local elections. Mm-hmm. So wow. he wants to start a PAC. Yeah. Right? M- Manu, you sent me a, like a, li- like a uh, bullet point today, like six points, right? Yeah. For all the homelessness and the, yeah. uh, the roads and infrastructure. And so. Do you, so each one of those points, do you actually have an answer for? I do. Yeah, you, you know, you we can talk more about homelessness. I do think there are solutions that, that can work. And do you think that, you know, like, I remember Hillary Bryant, mm. our friend, friend Hillary? Yep. She, she's like, she wanted to make a difference in the mm. community. So she became mayor. Right. But she goes, Neil, once I became mayor and I stepped into that ring, it was like my feet were stuck in cement. I yep. couldn't do anything. Mm. I couldn't do a damn thing. Right. And then, she, of course, right. she was taken back when the two op- police officers 
was shot during her tenure, and that was horrible. But she was, you know, I just couldn't do anything. Yeah. I got there, I made it to the finish line, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do change anything. And it was very frustrating. Th- that's a her. great point. And this gets back to accountability. And, you know, at the end of the day, we've got to change the system, right? Because it's true that once you're in office, it's one of the most restrictive places to be. You've got people on all sides who helped you get elected, and now they want you to move forward their agenda, right? So how do we actually change this? I think, uh, well, you know, like I said, the electorate is really supposedly in charge, right? So how do we give power back to the electorate? Uh, I'm really fond of an idea... Uh, it's called deliberative democracy uh, or citizen assemblies or wisdom councils. Uh, a few different names, but uh, it's really sh- being proven to be like one of the most promising uh, techniques for putting power back in the hands of the voters. Uh, Stanford, uh, my alma mater, just held an experiment or, or a session. It's called America in One Room. They got 500 people from all over the country uh, to, I think it was Houston, Texas. And um, they basically did small group sessions where people could just uh, talk to each other in groups of like 12 and tell their stories. And what they found was after a weekend, this was this both conservatives and liberals uh, moved, became more moderate, right? So conservatives were more willing to let immigrants uh, spend time in the United States while they were waiting for their immigration status to be cleared. Liberals realized, oh, geez, uh, maybe a $15 hour minimum wage in every state doesn't make sense. Uh, and actually, everyone across the board realized uh, that a carbon tax would be a great idea. Um, so I think what we do is we, you know, you, you randomly invite people to be part of these councils. You can think about it like a proactive jury. So let's say homelessness, right? What are we going to do about homelessness? You invite, you send out invitations like the same as you would for a jury uh, to say 100 people. You get, uh, ultimately, you get 20 people in a room working with a facilitator over a weekend. And you give them a little background information, not too much. The point is, as people living in this community, we all have experiences, stories, and some basic understanding of you know, what maybe we could do about homelessness. And uh, after the end of the weekend, you get the top five solutions from the citizen assembly, kind of test that against a larger public meeting where people can give feedback on those solutions. And then at the end of the day, you've got the solutions that the citizens, we the people, want implemented. Now, you, the politician, go implement it. Right. Right. So now, rather than looking to the politicians to come up with new ideas when, you know, your feet are in cement, it's like, look, okay, no, you tell me what you want to do. You're the ones in charge, and I'll make sure it happens. I'll translate, you know, the, the idea to policy and make sure that the county departments are held accountable for implementing it. Is that happening anywhere? Uh, in Austria, actually. Hmm. Uh, they've had great success with this. Vorarlberg, Austria. And they, uh, s- they started using this around uh, the immigration crisis with, uh, from Syria. And they were looking for something to do about it. And uh, they started using this model, liked it so much that they wrote it into the local constitution and now hold two citizen assemblies uh, a year. Wow. I think that's amazing. I, you know, who was the we, – we had a mayor on after Hillary, and I asked her this question one time. I said to her th- – th- this is when uh, we had uh, a murder downtown from a guy that was from Colorado, I believe. But th- it came up in my discussion. I said to her, if somebody comes off of a bus in downtown Santa Cruz from another state and they step off that bus and they are self-declared homeless and there's somebody who's born and raised in Santa Cruz County and went through public school, worked at the boardwalk – worked at retail, um, down their luck, homeless, 
and they both go and ask for help, they get the same services. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound like a dick, but I don't <laughs> think that's fair. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like towns need to take care of their own. And I feel like I, I'm just saying my, this is myself speaking yeah. uh, to me. I, I, that lets me down that we don't take care of our own. No. And, uh, and is there a solution to that? Yeah, I, I fundamentally agree with you, right? I mean, it's just not scalable to take care of everyone here in Santa Cruz. You know, we do need to prioritize taking care of people who uh, grew up here. And as you kind of pointed out, one of the best ways to determine if someone's really from here is say, you know, hey, where'd you go to high school? Where'd you go to middle school? Uh, those are records we can check. You will be tied by court decisions yeah. that limit your ability to do that. Um, there are num- there's numerous precedent there. Oh, um, sure. You can't do that very much. You would be able to do something like 90 days. You could even do 180 days. If you mm-hmm. have been here less than 180 days, sorry, you're at the back of the line. But depending on case law, I haven't seen it specifically for things like homeless services. There are, it's pretty short limit mm-hmm. in terms of being able to prioritize the locals over the non-locals. So that would be the biggest thing that you would run into is, while we may agree that of course the person who's lived here their whole lives and who lost their job and had a medical emergency and now they're bankrupt and now they're on the streets mm-hmm. should get the priority you can't deprioritize the guy getting off the bus yeah. more than just a little bit the federal courts will tie you up on that Interesting. so that's for all public services all, all, yes because mm-hmm. the the freedom of movement freedom of travel is an inherent right in the united states and therefore if you prioritize one group over another, you've restricted the ability to travel. Yeah, it's, it's, but it is. It's, yeah. I mean, I, it's tough. Yeah. No, and I would have to look into that and, like, exactly, you know, does it apply to any case where public funding is being used? I mean, because you know, what, what comes to mind, and this is a solution that is working for homelessness, is in, uh, in Austin, in Travis County, Texas, uh, there's this this guy and he granted he was a private individual uh, yep, religious organization very different started something called community first village and uh, this is you know if uh, he takes it's a tiny house village they've got RV hookups um, and really focus on the community element they got a garden on site they got a machine shop uh, you do have to pay rent um, whether it's you bring in your social security or you do work on site and and pay uh, that way um, but he does require that you've lived in Travis County for a year so private I money the private money there yeah but even if so if public money went to purchase the land in any extent all of a sudden you're saying we're you will you will things. get in trouble as soon as public money gets involved that changes the calculation mm-hmm. entirely that's a, but that's that's an Austin Texas when they have the road we don't have the room here. Right. Right. Well, it's just it's a, t- it's a tough question. And I, 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 that's I'm only bringing this up because yeah. that that is a constraint that often happens with really good intention or, or politicians that want to, you know, or TC. That's an excellent. Idea. Obviously, we want to take care of our locals, but you will as soon as public money is involved, you will be tied by all kinds of mm-hmm. laws and regulations that that will limit that. And again, laws, the case law here is pretty extensive. It's everything from welfare benefits to the ability to go to a public school, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Though, or, or housing vouchers, they all have been ruled on, and there's some variation in terms of how you can, but it, it's very limited. Mm. Mm. Commercial break number two. All Rest, right. The restaurant, this is the restaurant version. This is the restaurant section. Surf City Jack Sandwich? Stein, Jack Stein, tell me about Seabright. Seabright. I know, but you can, you can yell. 
can you give me a thumbs up or thumbs down? No, oh, there you go. Seabright huh? <laughs> Deli. Yep. They're on a Seabright. Uh, you like Seabright Deli, huh? Very good. But no, it's it's fig par par to Surf City sandwich. He's got that Thanksgiving you know sandwich Fig's up right there. Now. You know, Fig's like steaming right now. That Supposedly, I saw on social media that Fig has right b- big news. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what the big news is. Are you going to break the big no, news? No, let's okay. Let him do it. No, All right. Big news. Big news. Up, big news coming up from Surf City yeah. Sandwich. Uh, also brought to you by H and H Fish. Mm-hmm. Go see Hans. Thanksgiving. I don't know if they got crab because crab's no, closed, but no they got crab. lots of fish. No crab. Lots of fish. I got, got hamachi yesterday. Uh, oh my Hans goodness. does it up H and H right down at the harbor. So good, Hans and Hyde. Yep. Go check them out. Right below Johnny's at hop. Uh, the right below Johnny's. The rat boy sells bike. fish. That's where the boys they catch them. They sell Hans the fish. Pizza one and Aptos. Haven't been there in a while, but I need to go back there. Yep. She's yep. You know what? Uh, January first, the diet starts. We well, can't miss Pizza One. It's got January. the Highway One sign, yeah, right? right? You can't miss Manuel's. it. Yeah. Right next to Manuel's. Who else am I missing? Oh. Harbor Cafe. Had breakfast oh, the other day. yeah. Well, thank Daniel from the Do you Harbor have a Bloody Cafe. Mary glass with your name on it down there? Does he have a personalized no, glass? I we do need not. One. No, I went with the uh, shrimp omelet, dude, with hollandaise sauce. Oh, How do you get, It's busy down there. How do you get a table? Don't worry about it, okay? All right. Just I'm just asking. Like, just mention off that radio show and you can uh, sh- okay. dive right in. I bet Captain gets a seat down there. Oh, he pulls a Chardonnay card out. <laughs> it, Captain's here. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Definitely. Who, Who else? A North Bay Ford. Jeff oh, Winterholder. Winterholder. He might be in Kauai. You bastard. Yeah. Huh? Smart time to get it? out of town, right? Yeah. Jeff yeah. Winterholder from North Bay Ford. You know, they, they, I've got that transit van, Surf Dogs listening. That thing is a great van. Yeah. If you like to surf, you can put an 11-foot surfboard in the back yep. of that damn thing. It's amazing. One more shout-out for Rivera, the we, captain with Cobo Banker. Well, because we raised his rent, right? we got to mention his oh, name four he's, times he's now. Paying, he's paying top dollar. <laughs> yeah. Top dollar. Codwell Banker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he opens beers. He's got yep. big beers. Captain. Uh, I want to uh, <laughs> give a shout-out to next week's guest who uh, is our current mayor. That is? Martine Watkins. She's coming on here next week. Uh, December 10th will be Dave King. Yeah. And he's looking forward to see, strokes, so looking forward to see Dave King. He's going to come down here. So Dave King's coming on December 10th and December 11th on a private concert. The doors will be locked. <laughs> Expendables? Locked. <laughs> is that Expendables? The Expendables will be here yeah. live. At the ca- we should sell tickets that night. <laughs> Don't tell the Expendables I said that. Live right here. <laughs> but I, asked, I asked John Rivera if he wanted to come bring his girlfriend, but no, he's going to go see the Thievery Corporation. Oh. Snooze fest. Can you name a thievery co- corporation song, John? No, no, he can't. Yeah. And our special guest tonight, Mr. Manu Koenig, who's vying for uh, county supervisor, hey, hey. first district, district one. And he yeah. has, ladies and gentlemen, some solutions. Right, Ethan? Let's talk about him. And our special guest yes. tonight is Mr. Ethan Bim. So before we close the show tonight, uh, let's talk about some of the issues that you or you that you that mm-hmm. have. And you can solve. Right. And are there any that you can't? Uh, throw one at me. I'll, I'll, let's see what I can do. Well, <laughs> we guess is raising his hand? Yeah, I really wanted to um, you touch base. I heard you on Kyle Taylor's podcast yeah. about your idea of the Tri-County purchasing property, creating a, a, a facility. Right. Yeah, for some kind of a, a mental health facility. You know, I'm uh, reading a book that's really great right now called God's Hotel. Uh, and it's all about Laguna Honda Hospital in San Francisco, 
which is a hospital for people who are chronically ill, right, as opposed to acute hospitals where you go in, they fix you up, and then they you know, send you back home or put you on the street if you don't have a home. Um, but, uh, you know, and we used to have these, right? And again, as I said, the county is chiefly responsible for health, right? That's because the counties used to all run hospitals. And we even had one here until, I think it was 1973. Uh, and then what happened was that uh, Medicare and Medi-Cal were expanded. And so people could go to private hospitals and have the services reimbursed. And then there's no, not as much need for county hospitals. Anyway, um, we do need to bring them back for mental health specifically. Uh, and, you know, to your point, Neil, you're saying, oh, well, there's no space anywhere in the county. Right. You know, actually, you know, if you look at a little, pull out the Google satellite imagery there, uh, the space in the county is down on off of Highway 129, right? Right in between San Benito County and Monterey County. Yeah. You know, Santa Cruz kind of has this little out tail out there. Yeah, and it's, it's rangeland. Right. Um, you could maybe, you know, buy a portion that includes some farmland, some that's just rangeland. But, you know, that strikes me as a place, you know, that would work for... Uh, new mental health facility. So one of the challenges I think facing building new mental health facilities is the fact in the late 1960s we changed the laws yeah. regarding uh, conservatorship. So State Senator Weiner and uh, the state legislature last year passed a pilot program that they're testing out, I believe in San Francisco and possibly Los Angeles, to expand conservatorship abilities. What that means is so like we had all these institutions, there were significant abuses in the early 20th right. century, um, but then on top of it all, the ACLU su sued and, and Governor Reagan kind of finished it off of we're going to get rid of these institutions where we were holding people because they were not run well. So we're kind of moving back to there's got to be a middle ground, right? right? So the pendulum swung too far the other way. So does that tie into your ability to execute with this tri-county plan, this uh, new conservatorship rules? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, as, as you say, if right now we can't require anyone to stay in a facility it'd be nice to at least have a place where they could stay for yeah. longer right uh of their own free will i think that's step one um and then hopefully as these uh new conservatorship rules come into effect uh they can become even more effective it seems to me i love santa cruz mug shots <laughs> and if anybody listening <laughs> goes to santa cruz mug shots you would hope that possibly we could work with our police departments to get habitual homeless criminals into a mental health situation mm -hmm. because the crimes they're committing are obviously based on their mental health. Right. And there are people who have like 75 mugshots and that should be against the law. Mm -hmm. If there's, there has to be a law. But so the, the problem is, and I'm jumping in for a second, is this lack of conservatorship and lack of facilities. So we don't have, and this goes back to the accountability question that I started with earlier, TC. To your point, it's a mental health problem. It's a mental health crisis. We lack the laws, we lack the facility, we lack, we don't necessarily lack the funding, we lack the allocation of funding to address it. So Manu, again, this really, this keeps going back to the same question. I totally agree with you, TC. So, how do you go to the county health department? Do you get involved in an audit? Do you ask to look at their books? Do you ask for a public accounting of what is going on with our money? And not in giant big buckets, but for more of a, more of a, a, a detail view of what's happening. Right. 
um, with mm -hmm. the spending because they're very good at giving you large bucket amounts, right. but that doesn't tell me anything. I want to know. So you spend $120 million on this. How? Where is that being efficiently and effectively spent? Well, you want to see how much the toilet seats cost, right? But I mean, and, and everything much, else. Who everything. Knows? I yeah, want to you see want everything. it down to like, yeah. I want a forensic want audit. audit. No, I, honestly, <laughs> I do too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, and, you know, when you, when you do, when you run for a supervisor like this, it's like, you know, all of a sudden you have to know everyth everything yeah. about everything, uh, as well as put together a campaign organization, as well as shake everyone's hand. And uh, if I have to say, like, you know, my biggest to-do would be understand as much as possible about the county health budget, and uh, you know maybe it does just come down to audit them as soon as you get in, or you know ask for this full accounting and reporting. Is that possible? Would they? Would they? Are they open to show you those books? Well, that's you know, that's what supervisors are there for. Yeah, right. you know, but yeah, because yeah, and why has, has that happened? Is is there a current supervisor auditing and figuring out that? Uh, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> is that one of the reasons you're running? That is a big reason I'm running. Yeah. I, you know, I saw it uh, largely in transportation. Mm -hmm. That's what, where I got into it is uh, around this whole rail corridor debate that we're talking about. Uh, but the county just spent a million dollars plus on a big transportation survey that was supposed to figure out, you know, best possible things we could do. Uh, and they just bungled the heck out of that survey or, or sorry, that study. Um, you know, it was supposed to be an economic analysis, and we didn't do a cost-benefit analysis. We said, well, hey, it, it, we, did a, we did a benefit analysis. The train will carry some people. Who cares mm -hmm. how much it costs? Right. Uh, we didn't look at opportunity costs. That's like the fact that we're all stuck in traffic every day. And heck, a solution that we could do to in two years is a lot more valuable than one that we can do in 25 years. Well, imagine the productivity. I go to right. yoga in Aptos. I don't go there anymore because last year I took 197 yoga classes. <laughs> that class starts no, at six. That's I want to talk about audit. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll audit my yoga. But I my point see, being yeah. is, yeah. it takes me 45 minutes to drive from Pleasure Point to Aptos. That's a, yeah. So that's, that's a, almost 160 hours of my time that I could have been with my family or my employees or yeah, attending exactly. other things because of traffic. Yeah. And the um, and the county didn't consider your pain right in their study and that's that's what's crazy i want to segue something really quick that you want to do that i really like and it's so simple and i cannot believe it hasn't happened yet and it's about the buses mm -hmm. and simplifying the routes yeah naming them by color and naming them by the territory they cover right, right. strawberry the red line right the redwood redwood the, the green beach line. or surf or yeah, something surfer, you called it the blue mm -hmm. line like i mean it's Slug. the most it, in, I, I immediately yeah. thought about this, and especially with like the tourists, mm -hmm. who we want them off the road because they're terrible drivers here when they're here anyways. And, and yeah. to get them on a bus that's so simply organized. Mm -hmm. That's great. Is that your idea? That is, yeah. Well, congratulations. And I hope you, I hope <laughs> I think this you should vote for them just on that basis. <laughs> yes, it's, well, it's, I, like, it's like the underground in London. You know, yeah. The green line, yeah. the red line, the yellow line. You it know, always right. goes back to England, yeah. doesn't it, Neil? It does. It's so yeah. simple. You know, we want to push people in public transportation. Well, yes. let's make it easier to understand. You exactly. know, I go to Puerto Vallarta, and Puerto Vallarta is, I'm, I don't speak Spanish, but the buses are extremely easy. Mm -hmm. There's like one that goes along the coast, and there's one that goes this way. And it's just very simple. And I feel like I don't. The, the bus system yeah. here is complicated. I have no idea what where the bus lines go today. I know there's like a 66, uh, 91X, uh, maybe a 72, and then they all kind of snake around. I like the ones out of service one. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> most of them. Five yeah. miles an hour down the freeway. Going. Yeah, what? <laughs> well, I, Manu, I like that idea. Mm -hmm. 
I, I saw that you've come up with this, and I congratulate you on it being your own idea. But uh, I would like to see that. Yeah, great. Me too. So, TC, we're going to end the show tonight. We're going to we're going to I'm going to contact John Leopold. Okay. Yeah. And we'll have a d- we'll have a debate here on. at the boardroom. Yep. Ethan's going to come up for Ethan's this. Ethan's going to come up. Ethan's That's come amazing. Up and, and and mediate mm-hmm. the thing. So I just want to also we'll slide our questions over to him. Say thank you to Pono. We'll say thank you to Tim from Pony for oh hosting yeah. us tonight. They take care of us up also there. Also, Numa from Aloha Island Grill. Feather Snake is touring right now. Feather Snake's touring. Either somewhere in Sri Lanka. Can we get Feather Snake to play here? No. I, 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 I want to see the outfits. No, what what, what Feather Snake wears? Feather Snake is a band of terrible that's owned by that's Numa from Numa Aloha from Island, Island Grill. His band, yeah, and they call Feather Snake, which the forever band, I thought it was two bands. One was named well, Feather, and one was Feather Snake. Snake. Was a porno movie? Well, or the what a guy wears in a porno? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want to thank Mr. Jack Stein for uh, producing the show tonight. Super producer. Thank you, Jack. And uh, good luck with everything at KSCO. Manu, it's your social media one more time. And if somebody wants to get one of these beautiful signs. Yeah, right. They can go to manukonig.com, M-A-N-U-K-O-E-N-I-G.com. And uh, there's a Get Involved link. You can request a sign right there. We'll, awesome. we'll deliver it to you. Do uh, you come over and do that yourself? Is oh, that yeah, of Can course. they request Smile you to come over? If, if I'm available, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm so if they can go there and request a, a one-on-one with Monty. I'm going to add yeah. something to this whole, okay. add something to our debate. So we're going to have John Leopold here, and we're going to have Manu here, and we're going to have Ethan Bamman here to moderate. I'm going to invite Zach Friend, too, to come in for Ooh. a little uh, unfinished conversation. Well, we can bag Zach. But I, 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 <laughs> we, this is what we have to do. We have to have a dance-off. Oh, I'm down. Are you down for that? Absolutely. Because that's, I'm telling you what, that's important stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah. a dance-off. Can we get a boxing gloves out or something? No, we don't want the box. We want to see who guys got dance moves. Oh, okay. Manu Koenig, thanks for coming in tonight. Uh, thank you, guys. We appreciate my you coming pleasure. Down. Thank you, Mr. Bear, my good thank friend, you. Mr. Ethan Behrman. And, uh, thank you very much. love you. We'll see you next week with uh, yep. oh, my, the Santa Cruz Mayor's going to be here next week. Let's see what she's got to say. Well, we'll talk about a lot of the issues, and we'll compare notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See yeah, what she's got going on. Ask her the hard questions. We will. And don't All forget, right. the podcast is available on authoritradio.com. It's available on Pandora, iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Acar, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody, and good night to you all. Good night, everybody.